Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. I want to begin the night by admonishing you that the world of worship is much greater than what you and I think or even realize. I've asked myself the question a lot lately, what, what does worship look like? What does it look like? If I were to ask you that question tonight as I have quizzed myself in the last several weeks, the obvious answers. When someone raises their hand. What does worship look like? Maybe our apostolic culture is strange or different to you, but after the last several services, maybe your response would be worship there looks like someone dancing. Someone lifting their hands. I'm thankful for these young children who have the courage. I believe that the art of worship is something that should be instilled and learned, put into a child at a very early age. I love it when these children worship. So maybe that would be your response. These that have taken off in a moment. I've watched people in the last several services and some of you men that are quick to run. People's eyes get big. Is that that what worship looks like? The dancing, the shouting, worship in our world, the world of worship. Worship has become, worship has become a, a trendy, that's a trendy thing. When you think of the word worship, you you think of a a certain genre, if you will, of gospel music. It's worship. It's not. There's a difference between the old hymnal and worship songs. There's a big difference there. And so, when you think of worship in the sense of uh, a worship set, we're, we're we're thinking of of songs that are prepared, lyrics that are written that that bring glory or adoration to Jesus Christ. It's worship. Worship is, at times, it is something that is, the word is used for a specific or a a certain point or time in the process of a service. It's worship time. Worship time. And as we sing worship, uh, worship songs at worship time. Then when you think of what, what does worship look like, you, you think of the instruments, the musical instruments that, that are used to, to help us to express 
Worship that, that, that inward feeling. Worship is that outward expression of that, of that inward feeling that we have about God. And people express themselves as we have known worship in the past. People express themselves differently. And you have watched that. You express your, some people pat the chair in front of them. Some people pat their foot. Some people do the twirly bird. Praise God. You ever seen anybody do the twirly bird? What does worship, I'm going somewhere with this. What does worship, what does worship look like? But I want to tell you, as much as worship is lifting of the hand and raising of the voice, as much of wor- is worship, as much as worship is a lyric or a song that we sing or time and a service, I am telling you at 41 years old, I am figuring out that there is much more to worship than just a moment or an act. Worship is a life that is lived by an individual hallelujah worship worship is not just something that is done on a musical instrument worship is a decision worship is not just the collaboration of some musicians and singers before service and three songs are picked and thank God for it but worship is a choice I will bless the Lord at all times I want to know, are there any worshipers in the house? Come on, are there any worshipers in the house? Hallelujah. I thank God when there's a minstrel there. I thank God when there's a song there. I like to hear, I like to hear, uh, the undertones of the breath of a B3 organ. But ladies and gentlemen, a true worshiper can make music all by themselves. A true worshiper, come on, a true worshiper, come on, can drive down the road, come on, and open their mouth and say, Oh Lord, I love you. Oh Lord, I praise you today. Come on, why don't somebody just take a moment and express yourself. Come on, how you feel about Him. Come on, somebody right now, take your liberty. Somebody right now, take your liberty and worship Him. worship I'm starting to realize mom Wendell is the world of worship should never be limited to just a time and a service or a song on your lips these men who came from the east as I've already said it is assumed that there were three because of the the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh that was offered but we don't really know uh, we don't really know that there was necessarily just three, but it says they came. They came from the east. And, and the reason that they came is they came to worship. Their purpose was to worship. And, uh, as I sat, uh, on a cool morning during the holidays, and I read through Matthew chapter number 11. It came alive, Brother Mayo, to me like never before. And I realized, come on, I don't want to be so narrow in my thinking about what worship is. I want to look at the life of what the, of the scripture calls these wise men as they come from afar to worship. Come on, there is something to be said about some decisions that are made by these men that I believe, come on, that I believe could be classified as worship 
Can I preach this right now? Come on, can I preach this right now? Come on. What are you talking about, Brother Marks? I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. These wise men came to the place where they thought Jesus was. They landed in Jerusalem. Come on, I'm fixing to preach. I'm fixing to preach to you about the first thing. The first thing that worship looks like that maybe you didn't realize. They thought he was in Jerusalem. They thought that their travels from afar had brought them to the spot. But he wasn't there. I want to ask anybody, have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever got somewhere where you thought Jesus should have been and he wasn't there? Woo! Maybe I'm the only one. Come on. Maybe I'm the only one that had a preconceived idea. Maybe I'm the only one that made a journey and everything in my mind lined up to say, this is where he's at. Only to get there. And he's nowhere to be found. He's got to be here. God have mercy. Every indication. Do you not know how much I've got invested in this? Oh, I hope I don't get hung up on this first point. I got somewhere to go. Do you know how much time I've spent? Do you know how much energy that I've given out? Come on, somebody. I've traveled from a long ways. I've been in this thing a long time. I thought I... I guess I'm the only one that ever got to Jerusalem and just knew Jesus was going to be there. I guess I'm the only one that's ever had dreams blow up in my face. I guess I'm the only one that's ever thought that Jesus was going to do it just like this only to get there and he's nowhere to be found. The wise men came for the purpose of worship. And sometimes Sister Calhoun Worship is much deeper than what we do for 30 minutes before the preacher takes the pulpit. Sometimes worship, sometimes worship looks like this. When you're told, I know you've come a long ways. And I know you're disappointed that it didn't happen the way that you planned for it to happen. My God, I feel like preaching in Texarkana. Sometimes worship is having to hear somebody tell you, you got five more miles. I hope you leave here tonight with a broader understanding of what worship. These men came for the purpose of worship and God in the holiday seasons. You just forgive me. This is a rough draft. It'll preach better next time. But I feel like preaching it here tonight to the best of my ability. Sometimes worship looks like this. What are you going to do when you're disappointed? What are you going to do when you've given yourself? Come on. And it seems like the flower wilts and the hopes... What are you going to do when you pray and it doesn't seem like Jesus is there? What are you going to do if you put the efforts in and the revival doesn't happen? What are you going to do? 
But Brother Marks, I know what I've seen. Sister Clark, I know what God said. I know good and well what God said. I know what God promised. I'm going to tell you, worship is much deeper and worship is much greater than just something that's done by a front line. Worship is when a man or a woman makes up in their mind, all right, I've come a long ways, but I'll go five more miles. I'll pray a little more. I'll push a little more. I'll fast. You say, Brother Mark, Brother Marks, Brother Calhoun didn't have to make, he didn't have to make this move out here on this highway. We weren't fooling the other building. Come on. Why in the world would you do something like that? I'll tell you exactly why. You don't just have a pastor, you have a worshiper. And your leader said, you know what? We're going five more miles. Come on. We're going to take this thing five. We're going to find him. Well, I praise God on Sunday night and nothing happened. Five more miles. And a true worshiper. If for whatever reason they go five more miles. And for whatever reason, he's not there. Someone, someone who's really seeking him. I guess it boils down to who are we in this thing for anyways? Is this, is this become about us? People quit when it becomes about them. Churches fold up and capitulate when it becomes about them. You say, well, why in the world? They've come so far. Why are they so quick and so willing to go five more miles? you got to understand, this wasn't about their comforts. This was not about their comforts. This was about Him. This was about finding Him. This was about seeing Him. This... No, no, no. Holy Ghost is going to help me. Some of you thought, well, if I do my little dance or if I do my little jig. No. You know what's got to happen? When God deems it as worship, it's when you're faced with it on Monday and there's nobody else around. And you say, you know what? I'm going to keep picking one foot up and putting it in front of the other. God, you're good. This is the day that the Lord has made. So I know how you fought in the past. Nobody wants to press. But I want to tell you, when we press, it's worship. When we push, it's worship. When we go forward, it's worship. Now there's two ways to look at this. I thought I did enough. Five more miles? There's two ways to look at this. But a true worshiper doesn't look at this as five more miles? A true worshiper looks at this as it's only it's only five Sister Wendell, in lieu of everything we've done and every sacrifice that we've made, what's five more miles? What's five more days? What's five more years? 
Brother Mayo, what's 50,000 more dollars? Better yet, what's 500,000 more dollars? Come on, all the money we've already spent? Come on, let me preach in the Holy Ghost right now. What's a half a million more dollars? It's nothing. You know why? Because we don't, we don't do things because we have the money to do it. We do the things that we do because we want to see Him. They said, we will see Him. We will see. There is something in my spirit that says, I don't care what the adversary throws in my way. I want to see Him. I've got my mind. I made up to see him. Worship is how great is your desire. How determined are you to see him? Sister Clark, I see people get so close though. Should have already happened. You get ticked off at us, frustrated with us, because we keep stepping up here saying, This could be the service. This could be the year. This could be the moment. You know why? It's the worship in us. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those that get to Jerusalem and stop because they're disappointed. In fact, oh boy, I get myself in trouble when I do this, but I feel you think it's any coincidence. That on down the road, when he decided to pour out his spirit, he poured it out in Jerusalem. You want God to pour it out on the places that you thought he should have poured it out. you got to be willing to go to the places that you hadn't planned on going. And when you are willing to strive and push. Five more miles. Landmark. And I admonish you, I'm fixing to turn this thing and go evangelistic and close. But I want to admonish this church. Go with this pastor five more miles. Go with this church five more miles. It's just five. Come on, bump somebody with some excitement in your voice and say, it's just five more miles. It's just five more What's five more miles to the last 25 years? What's five more miles to the last 19 years? It's nothing. Come on. What's five more miles in the spectrum of eternity? Come on. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. What's five more miles? What's five more months? What's five more? In five months, Brother May, it's going to look completely different. Five more miles. The Amplified Version says that they not only heard him, but they obeyed him. He said, you, you go to Bethlehem and you seek him diligently until you find him. 
people that have revival. The people, she talked about it today. You do all you can do where you're at. That's diligence. Donuts, peanut brittle. I'm telling you, if it didn't, I, and I and I know I'm all sappy and I'm a thinker and, and I'm crazy about Sister Wendell, but I, I, I couldn't help but, die, but wonder how many people's looking out their window watching what we're doing right now. How would you expect the city to feel like anything's going on here? If we don't believe there's something going on here. The Bible says that because of their diligence and the doing of their due diligence, that he rewarded them and they 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 found they they found the baby. And the Bible says. That they fell on their faces and they worshiped. And they worshiped. Let's don't get the cart in front of the horse, though, because the punctuation here tells the story. You see, you've got to understand that the worship that they were doing started long before they ever found him. The power. Of the punctuation, the colon, the colon tells us, having opened their treasures, the colon, the punctuation, and what follows the punctuation is telling us about what has preceded the colon. And they fell on their face and they worshiped. Colon. And in opening their treasures, they brought to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This act of worship started long before they finally found him and fell on their face. This act of worship was much more than a dance or a shout or finding oneself laying prostrate at the feet of Jesus. This worship started at home. This worship started before the journey started. This worship started in their heart. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh that they carried was not something that came as an afterthought. This was a prepared gift to give him. It came to me as a shock when I looked at the Greek word for treasures. The Greek word is thesaurus. When I did some studying and digging on this word, what I found, so you can understand this, is the treasure was not just the safety deposit box where they kept all of their valuables. The treasures 
were where they stored the trinkets of their memories. It was not just a banking account where they stored their money. The treasure was also where their memories were at. And anybody knows that when you start operating in the world of memories, that all memories are not good ones. The treasures, if you will allow me, as I'm hurrying to a close, they opened up their treasures. Before, listen, somebody hear me. Before the first camel was loaded down. Before the first saddlebag was ever packed. Somebody opened the treasuries. Before the baby was ever worshipped. Before the fine, before the fine linens were ever placed upon their body. Before the journey ever began. Something, this great act of worship started by the opening of one's heart. Let me preach this right now. I have seen more miracles, more miracles aborted. I have seen more miracles. I have seen more miracles bypassed. I have seen more miracles, listen, stopped and stymied. And the number one reason is because somebody cannot get their heart open. They cannot get their treasure open. Listen, I am learning at 41 years old, Sister Mayo, that worship is much more than something that a choir does on Sunday night. Worship is me having the ability to keeping my heart and my mind open unto Jesus. Come on. I have seen more miracles. I have seen more miracles missed. Hear this preacher right now. Because somebody is not willing to open the vault of their memories. I know there's bad ones there. And there's good ones. I understand there's abuse. I understand that holidays may be a bitter thing for you. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're ever going to find Jesus. If you're ever going to hold him in your arms. If he's ever going to hold you in his arms. You've got to be open. Open to him. You've got to get your mind open to him. You've got to get your spirit open. You've got to get the walls down. And they open their treasures. The vulnerability of surrender. Amy. The Jesus that your cousin and I serve and all these preachers you've watched this week, he can do so much with so little. I sat, as I often do in my hotel room with the curtains open. I was on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi and the end of the year was upon us and I was gazing out the window in my Bible laid in my lap and I was thanking God I was thanking God Bishop Mayo I was thanking God that he's able to take leftovers and do great things that he can take just just 
just a little bit and and with just a little bit he can he can do so just a little bit of effort just a little bit of sacrifice just 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 a little bit just a little bit and how much god can do with just a little bit just broken pieces just just shambles of of situations somebody hear me and, and I, I was thinking back over the year and I, thank you god for for healing that marriage and thank you god for that person praying through and thank you and all of a sudden you know what I'm talking about. That ice cold feeling came into the room and I just stopped talking. And I said, okay. And the Lord spoke to me, not in a condescending way. And I'm closing this service. Just give me a keyboard player. That's it. Not in a condescending, not in a condemning way. But it was like he had his head tilted. And he said, yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to work. With what's left over. But I wonder what I could do. If someone would give me everything. I'm willing to work with what man will give me. I'll take the broken pieces. I'll, I'll take what little bit we divvy up. And there's so much that we spend on everything else. And then we expect God to cover the rest with, what, with what's left over. We, we give to our jobs and we give to our, our bosses and we give, we give to this and we give to that. And I'm not just talking about money or monetary things. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about the treasures. If you leave here and don't understand that the treasures had much more to do than with gold, than frankincense and myrrh. These disciples, these, these wise men, excuse me, Found him. And I'm telling you the reason they found him. Yes, their diligence. Yes, their diligence. But they found him because they were open. You know how I know they were open? Because they were first willing to travel those long distances. You know how I know they were open? Because after they traveled those long distances, they were willing to go five more miles. You know how... I know they were open because before they ever were open to going five more miles they had already opened the treasures wonder what God could do if 2022 would be the year that we gave him everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. The highs, the hurts. The bad, the blessings. The memories, the brokenness, the hurt, the abuse, the loss. Amy, I don't want to embarrass you. It's the last thing in the world I'd do. But God's got more, much more in all of this than just you finding a family member. He wants you to find yourself. And most importantly, He wants you to find Him. And I've brought so many people, Mimi, to this crossroads. It's just hard to get people to open up the treasures. Well, they fell in his face. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, they fell in his face. But they fell in his face because long before the treasures had been opened. And I can't get them to fall in the altar. And the issue with them falling in the altar is long before. Come on, there's got to be something that precedes them falling in the altar. And it's somewhere in a pew. It's somewhere in a room. It's somewhere on a Friday night. Lonely, wondering if God knows where they're at. They let down the walls and say, okay. What is it you want from me? Have you ever had a year that when you finished it, you wanted the next year to be like the year before? No. We end every year always. You know why? You know why we end every year the way we end every year? Because we start the new year the same way we start every other new year. And you know how that is? What we expect God to do. Expectation is so lopsided. Our years stink. There's another word I wanted to use, but I don't want your kids saying it, so I clean that up. Our years stink. And it's because understand that there's two sides to expectation it's all about what what we believe God's going to do what God's going to do in this church what God's going to do for my job what God's going to do in my business what God it's everything we expect God to do and never stop to realize what's God expecting out of us why she can never raise her voice 90 December she'll be 90 years old she can just talk in this microphone and literally the whole atmosphere go you know why she's lived a life with open treasures what's the saying you may have to help me people you went to Spokane with nothing but a sheets and dishes He was a fine evangelist, a great one. Even if he couldn't preach, he could sing, paint off the walls, sing, baby, sing. They didn't have to go of all places to the north. People thought you were crazy for a while. Open treasure. Just been a, I've been a, I've been a, I, the only way I believe a man can have apostolic acumen is if, if he studies the patterns and he stu- and I've given 25 years, I've given my best years, Brother Mayo. I don't just come preaching Spokane. I come to Spokane and I got my magnifying glass and I'm looking. I've got it on it. I've got it on you. I've got it on her. I've got it on every angle, every angle of that church. I'm looking at it from every direction because I want to know. I, I believe it's the will of God. I believe it's the will of God for the kind of churches that you men have built. I believe it's the will of God for, for, for every man. I, I don't know. I, I think the last statistic that I read said uh, that the average Pentecostal church is what? Uh, in America, uh, it's below 50 people. That's not the will of God 
But the ones that have thrived. It's ones who live their lives with open treasures. I'm open. I'm open. I tell you how serious I, I tell you how diligently I'm seeking it. Every day lately in prayer I've been saying, Jesus, I have no rights. find very many times in scripture where Jesus memorializes people there's one little lady he said you tell that you, from this day forward you, you tell it as a memorial to her it's a treasure what did that alabaster box she didn't try to pour that on him because something that's poured can be controlled the fragrance filled the room there's a fragrance I don't know how to describe it I just know there's places in America that I've been where the treasures are open it smells different landmark you need to make up in your mind this place is going to smell different come on it's not going to be just four or five families that anchor. I need some of you helping me. I know we've got guests here tonight, but let me preach to you. Come on, you need to make up in your mind. Not four or five, not just four or five families that are going to anchor this. Come on. Ha, ha, come on. I'm talking about everybody getting to the place. We don't need Pentecostal pours. I'll give you out a little here. That's not an open treasure. I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Somebody speaking in another language. Just open the treasures, honey. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let the walls down. Be willing to do whatever you got to do to find him. I can give you my brief explanation. Why I think God chose speaking with tongues as evidence that the Spirit of God come inside a person to dwell. Because this tongue is the most unruly member of the body. The Bible says it's full of poison. And it's just like God to say, when I come into you, buddy, I'm going to grab a hold of the very... Why? Because he always goes to the source. And he says, when I come in, I'm going to start with your tongue. And we're crazy. Have you looked at any side-by-side pictures of what methamphetamine does to people? And talking in tongues is crazy. The epidemic of fentanyl. You want to talk about a pandemic. You want to talk about a problem. You want to talk about people that are dying. Let's talk about fentanyl overdoses. And we're crazy. They're busting fentanyl pills and making lines on their fists and sniffing it up their nose. And we're crazy. They open their treasures too. snort a line of crack I promise you you've opened your treasures 
What I'm trying to tell you, though, is you can raise your hands and you can go through the motions of Pentecost. This can become so mechanical. That's not worship. It might be praise. It might be. But it's not worship. how close you are to receiving the Holy Ghost you know how close you are to your entire life changing the entire landscape of your life looking different I'll tell you how close you are well that's hard for me oh okay it was hard for others that are in this building when you open the treasures all those little trinkets laying there death molestation it's, it's not just where they kept their gold. They opened their tree. But I'm so dirty. You're not. You're not dirty. You're not dirty because of who your family's been. You're not dirty because of what's in your genealogy. Twelve years, all she had known was dirty, 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 dirty. With the issue of blood, unclean, dirty. Jesus never called her dirty. He said, daughter. (laughs) Do you know how she figured that out? She had to open the treasures. wasn't a concrete path ladies and gentlemen all the traffic of the day went up and down that road including the goats and sheep and the camels and the donkeys and the bible said when you get down on your hands and knees and you're willing to get that under your fingernails and the bible says that she crawled and pressed her way that's the opening of the treasures tell you you're crazy to giving for giving everything to God I think the Bible called them wise men and do you want to know the truth of it they were probably or not probably they were magis is really what they were and we could really get into some spooky stuff if you wanted to but I don't want to mess the Christmas story up for you but the Bible called them wise men so maybe, so maybe we're not so crazy after. Maybe it's not so crazy after all to let the walls down and let him in. you have never tried this the right way flashes of it but you've never stuck with it with open treasures you got to stay open no matter what you run across you can't let whatever that trinket represents God 
Does this make sense? You can't say, ooh, and shut it all up. Because there's gold and there's frankincense and there's, there's myrrh in there somewhere. But it's a mixed cup. But guess what? It's not just your life. It's, it's my life. I, I said, and it makes sense now. I listen uh, as Brother B.J. Wilma told me the testimony of his testimony and, and his wife's testimony and, and their family. And uh, Lord, you want to talk about dysfunction. But there's gold in there somewhere. There's gold in there somewhere. There's frankincense in there somewhere. Brother Marks, all that's in my treasure is a mess. No, there is myrrh in there somewhere. But you got to stay open long enough to dig through the mess to find the myrrh. And to remove the failures and the faults in order to be be able to find the frankincense. You see, something comes up. You see somebody. And you shut down again. This thing was only made to work right one way. This thing, this thing won't work on you giving 75%. It doesn't work. You can submit 75% of your life, and I'll tell you, it may take a little time, but the 25% that's unsubmitted to God, I'll tell you what will happen. The 25% will very quickly eat through. It'll eat quickly through the 75% that is submitted. This thing's only built to work one way. You know what that way is? All the way. And that's worship. And that's wise. Open treasure. What's this church look like in the next 12 months? What's your life look like in the next 12 months? Brother Marks, why were they so open to five more miles? (laughs) They've been open a long time now. Five more miles is nothing when you've got the treasures open. Let's stand. Where it's all about you. Lord, take us back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Finding you. Receiving you. Getting you inside of me. Following you. Pleasing you. Seeing you. Being with you. Working. Working with you. It's all about you. wish you could sing tilt his head I'm finished yeah I 
been able to do a few things with leftovers. Wonder what I could do with an open treasure. I'm preaching to somebody right now. All you'd have to do is give God. Just give God the energies you've given your bitternesses. That's all. Just just give him that. Because that's basically what you've opened your treasures to. Your beefs. Your gripes. The failures of others. You're going to spend the rest of your life wagging your finger and wagging your tongue. Well, my dad did this or my family did it. No, 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 no. Come on. You're doing more collateral damage than was ever done to you initially because you know what? I don't, I don't, I, I, I think eventually, I think eventually everyone opens their treasures up to something. That's why eventually the bitterness gets to a place that we say they're embittered given everything to it. Somebody who decides to be bitter gives everything. They give their dreams. They, it's not just about the past. I want somebody to understand something about bitterness. When you open the treasures to bitterness, it's not only about the past and the present. It's a robber of your future. And as you're consumed with it, it consumes you. Opening our treasures. The colon tells the story was much much more going on here than just the bowing of a knee or the bowing of the head somebody got open somebody cut themselves opened up I can't do that you do it in private Oh, I'm going to preach this. You better know. I'm trying to close. But I'm going to preach this right now. You do it in private. You do it in private. You do it in private. You do it. When you do it standing in the mirror. You do it when you when when, when the anxiety attacks have come. Come on. And, and you've had the nervous breakdowns. And, and, and literally hands full of hair falling, falling out. And you've got hair in your hands. Come on. Yes, you, you've opened yourself up. You can't say that. Screaming and hollering and cussing and beating the walls. and I'm not going to open my treasures up to anger. I remember telling a lady one time, I'm done, I promise. It was the first hundred soul revival I ever had. Pine Grove, Mississippi. Guy's dead now. Kenny Rocco. I, if I, my memory doesn't fail me, I turned 21 in that revival. Local high school just 15 miles away before it was all said and done, the high school basketball team, we baptized them all 
I think it was three of the starters ended up being five of them before it was over with cheerily it, it was a, it was an amazing deal and I looked down one night at this woman and she was just standing there with her hands folded I didn't know her story it was early in the meeting I watched her standing there just dry walled up Brother Mayo, I turned to walk away. When I turned and looked back at her, I seen this woman in a fit of rage, screaming and pulling at her hair. And I looked back and she was still just standing. I kept preaching and working the altar. And I'd look back at her again, Sister Calhoun. And I'd see her again. After about the third or fourth time, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Go tell her what what I've just shown you. She's standing there, brother, and I'm talking about hard as a rock. Go tell her. And I'm thinking, I don't want to get anywhere around that fit i just seen. He said, you go tell her what you just seen. And you tell her that if she would give herself to me and worship the way she's given herself to that situation in anger, that I will change the situation immediately. Open the treasures. You open the treasures. In fact, I just seen her just a month ago, she showed up somewhere. I was preaching revival all these years later. What I didn't know is her husband was working offshore, been backslid for 30 years. Blame. I leaned over in her ear and I said, <clears throat> and I told her. She didn't hesitate. All of a sudden, I seen this look cross her face. Tears started running down her eyes. She started spinning and crying out to God. That place went up in smoke. The next service, I looked back next to Ann, and Lane was sitting next to her. 30 years. The singer started singing about the blood. I turned to look at Brother Rocco. I said, if she sings that verse one more time, Lane ain't going to be able to take it. And no more did I get turned from him to look back down the aisle. And here he came. I, I've got pictures to this day, 30 years later, of him standing there with his, his arms up. Somebody had to get the treasures open. Somebody had to open up. I'm opening the altar for somebody who's ready to open the treasures. say, Brother Marks, it's hard for me to get my head around that because treasure in my mind, treasure in my mind is just things of value. No, you've got to understand the treasure is just, it's a collection. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a mixed deal. If 
you're a backslider in this place if you've never had the Holy Ghost. I've had a difficult task of preaching this to this church, but at the same time preaching it to individuals and, and being an effective evangelist, but also I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to preach something in the spirit of this church at the same time, but we're here and I'm telling us it's time for us to get our treasures open. It's time for us to get our lives open. It's time for us to get our hearts open. It's time to say, God, here it is. Here it is. All of me. I'm yours. We used to sing an old song. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am and everything I'm not. I'm yours, Lord. Landmark, if you're here, would you make that, would you make that trip? Come on, are there any five mile, are there any five more mile people in the place? Is there anybody that's open? Come on, is there anybody open to being used of God? Is there anybody open to being touched by the Holy Ghost? It's really easy. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to go into a fit as, as this lady I talked. No, just the lifting of your hands. Come on, it's the, it's the universal sign of surrender. When you, when you open your chest, when you lift those hands in that vulnerable moment, come on God, here I am, everything, everything, every, there's people coming, that's it. Come on, you don't want to keep living like that. You don't, you don't want to keep living with the, you don't want to keep living harboring all that stuff. You don't want to have, you don't want to have to live. Come on, consider suicide. Come on. I'm telling you, you can break that generational spirit. You get the spirit of God inside of you and you won't contemplate suicide. You won't contemplate driving your car off a cliff somewhere. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows where I am.